Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. How can we better prepare for our private pilot checkride? Hey, M-Zero Nation, Jason Shepard here, M0A.com, and you are listening to the Private Pilot Podcast, brought to you by our number one rated online ground school. Visit M0A.com to check that out and learn more. Welcome into Mock Checkride May. If you are watching this on YouTube, Facebook, I'm waving back at you. If you're listening to this on iTunes, I'm still waving at you anyways, even though you can't see me. Thank you for making this one of the top all-time podcasts in the aviation category on iTunes. It is just such a pleasure uh, and blessing to serve you all. You are such a relentless bunch. I mean, here we are still in the midst of a pandemic and just all this craziness going on. And let me tell you something. Aviation is relentless. You are relentless. You are taking this time to learn. You're taking this time to grow, invest in yourself, and there's nothing better you could be doing. I hope you had a chance to go back and watch Tuesday's video. It will be the very first, if you're listening to this or watching this at a later time, it'll be the very first video of Mock Checkride May 2021. Crazy to think, huh? I talk about what to do and how to prepare for your private pilot checkride. Originally, I was just going to do a bunch of mock checkrides, and we're going to get into mock checkride-related questions here, but I'd also encourage you, do grab a copy of Pass Your Private Pilot Checkride um, on Audible. You can grab a copy of that over there, um, and you can listen to two and a half hours of me giving you a mock checkride and reading the book to you. Again, it's meant to serve you with that. On Tuesday, I talked a lot about getting ready, preparing for your actual check ride, what to do the two weeks before, everything else. And I want to talk to you in the podcast a little bit about the materials you need to have with you. And then we'll dive into some of those materials and ask the actual questions. And you know me, I love stories. I'm going to open up with a story. One of my very first students, I'll never forget, was actually a very, very good student. Uh, well, I is still a very good student and, and and was even up to his check ride just made one little error um, at the time i had probably had version one of the online ground school he was going through that i said listen there's some materials you need this is still ipads are still relatively newish so we had paper charts far aim pilot's handbook of aeronautical knowledge like the, the classic faa publications and i said listen on the day of your check ride, bring everything aviation you have, all your books, everything else. The kids at my flight school used to make fun of me because I had two big milk crates of books. And I would come in there and I'd put them all on the desk and organize them all. I'd have stacks of books. And I remember one, one DPE um, asked me, and, and this is where this came from. He said, do you know everything in those books? Like, I'm telling you, it was impressive. It was just stacks on stacks of books. And I didn't do it to be impressive. I did it so I had all my resources there. And he said, do you know everything in those books? I said, no, sir, but I know how to use them and I know where to find them. And he said, I like that answer. And what is it? 15 years later now, I'm still teaching. You don't have to know everything, but you need to know where to find it. And that proves so important. So this student brought his far aim uh, to the check ride and, and we're getting all set up and he sets his far aim down on the, on the 
table he's going to do his check right at. And he, again, I encourage all my students to always get there early. There's no, um, there's no room for tardiness. In fact, 30 minutes, um, uh, anything less than 30 minutes early is late to me. If you're 29 minutes early, you're late. You should be 30 minutes early, 45 minutes early, preferably, so you can get in there, chill, everything else. More on that in upcoming episodes. He shows up, he's early like he's supposed to, dressed professionally, everything's great, puts his far aim on the desk, and it's still in the shrink wrap. It is still like in the shrink wrap. I said, you haven't opened your far aim? He said, no, Jason, you just told me I needed to get one. Well, I mean, you're right. I told you you need to get a far aim. I should have said you should use your far aim as well. So I, again, you don't don't hold this against me now. I took the far. I'm thinking, if you show up with your far aim in the shrink wrap to a check ride, that is, that is bad. Your far aim better look a little used on your check ride. Have some sticky notes hanging out of it. It should be a little beat up. Should, the spine should be starting to crease. Unless you just got a brand new one, bring the old one too to back it up. Um, I went out. I took the shrink wrap off it. I can't make this up. I feel bad telling you this. I went out to the parking lot. And it was like that rough asphalt. And I put the cover face down on it. And I kind of scraped it against the pavement. And I put it up on its spine. And I scraped it against the pavement. And I, do I went into part 91. And I dog-eared some pages. And we grabbed some sticky notes and made some highlights. I think I even ripped a page. And I said, I handed him his far aim back. If you're, if you're listening to this, you can't see it. But I've got my beat-up far aim here. And I handed it back to him with the cover curved and everything else like this and um he said wow thanks jason I said now you need to know how to use it and don't when you comes time for instrument because he went, went on to do his instrument hopefully it'll be a new far aim by then because it's towards the end of the year but make sure it's well used so that's my advice to you this is what my far aim looks like and i'm recording this in uh in the month of april so i've only had this one three four months and already it's already getting well used. You should see some of my old, old far aims. Those things are hanging on by a thread. They, this is a well used book. I still love a. Uh, I still love the paperback. Oddly enough, the paperback is still my jam. So it's just so easy and fun to really thumb through. I'll go off some of these um, sticky notes I have here today when I work through to quiz you. But one thing you need to know is you must show up. With all your books, all your gear, have everything ready. Yes, you can bring a copy of past your private pilot check right in if you have a paperback. Yeah, bring your private pilot, whatever it is, anything aviation related, bring it in with you. Because like I said, you don't have to know everything, but you need to know where to find it. And that's what's gonna prove so very important that you know where to find everything. So that's what I need you to focus on. That's why I need you to ponder and continue to think about. And you should have things highlighted, everything else. Yes, you can bring in your iPad if your books are electronic. That might make it easier to search the forum. Whatever is easiest for you. My point of sharing this is you need to not know everything, but have everything and know where to find it with you. Let's dive into some far aim related mock check ride questions. Um, what are the rules on dropping objects from an airplane? What are the rules on dropping objects from an airplane? Excuse me one second. Use that as an excuse to drink some water. What are the rules on dropping objects from an airplane? 9115. I'm going to give it to you from the far end, then I'm going to break it to you in plain English. You ready? No pilot in command of a civil aircraft may allow any object to be dropped from that aircraft in flight that creates a hazard to persons or property. That's how the regulation used to read, right? So let me read it to you again. 
the regulation, if I could go pull up in my FAR AIM history, the regulation used to read just this, no pilot in command of a civil aircraft may allow any object to be dropped from that aircraft in flight that creates a hazard to person or property. And people used to get confused and go, well, it says no, but then it says as long as it doesn't create a hazard to person or property, so I think I can. And again, it's classic FAA legalism and gray area. So a few years ago, they added the second sentence. However, this section does not prohibit the dropping of an object, of any object, I'm sorry, if reasonable precautions are taken to avoid injury or damage to persons or property. Yes, I can drop something from an airplane as long as I, the pilot in command, take, a reasonable, take reasonable precautions to avoid injury or damage to persons, plural, or property. Speaking of that pilot in command, what is the responsibility and authority of me, the pilot in command, or you, the pilot in command. Going back a regulation, one of my favorites, 91.3, responsibility and authority of the pilot in command. Paragraph A says, the pilot in command of an aircraft is directly responsible for and has the final authority as to the operation of that aircraft. B, in an in-flight emergency requiring immediate action, the pilot in command may deviate from any rule of this part to the extent required to meet that emergency. Last paragraph, C, each pilot in command who deviates from a rule under paragraph B, using paragraph B, what we just spoke about, of this section shall, upon request of the administrator, that's the FAA, send a written report of that deviation to the administrator. Again, that's the FAA. So what is it saying? B and C are very similar. Paragraph A is saying the pilot in command of an aircraft is directly responsible for and has the final authority as to the operation of that aircraft. Hey, I don't really like the way the weather looks uh, today, so we're not going to go. That's my authority. It's also my responsibility. Hey, um, I know we're friends and everything, but you're clearly like hungover, man. Uh, I'm not taking you flying when you're in this condition. That's just not, that's not smart. That's my pilot command responsibility. Do, do you see it there, right? You, you can see that that is the power, that's the authority, that's the responsibility I have. It then takes a step further. B, in an in-flight emergency requiring immediate action, the pilot command may deviate from any rule, from any rule of this part, part 91, may deviate from any rule of this part to the extent required to meet that emergency right? Any rule, okay? Um, careless or reckless operation. Aircraft operations for the purpose of air navigation. No person may operate an aircraft in a careless or reckless manner as to endanger life or property of another. But 91.3 paragraph B says, I have an in-flight emergency. I need to land in this farmer's field. Whereas if it wasn't an emergency, landing in some farmer's field unapproved is careless and reckless operation. 91.3 allows me to supersede that. I have that power. I have that authority. Paragraph C of 91.3 says, upon request, I need to send information to the administrator. Say it with me. That is the FAA. All right. So do you follow me with, uh, with these sort of things? Again, 91.113s are right-of-way rules. Right-of-way rules. But if I have an emergency and there's someone else in front of me, I have the power. I need to let them know if able. I'm cutting them off because I have an emergency. Yes, I violated right away rules, but I did so under the context of my pilot in command responsibility and authority. 
Does that make sense? That's not, this is not to be abused, by the way. This is in an in-flight emergency. There will be perhaps some paperwork to handle after this. You need to be ready for such with all of that. All right. Um, let's look through some more questions here. Um, what's this one? Operations in Class B airspace. We need to be sure we're familiar with that. VFR flight plan. Ooh, here's a good one. Tell me a little bit about, in your own words, special VFR. Special VFR. What is special VFR? When would you use special VFR? I can tell you in manned aviation, oh, I can't say manned aviation. In fixed wing aviation, I have used special VFR just once. In rotorcraft and helicopters, I've used special VFR maybe a handful of times. It's a little more common in helicopter flying, but again, in a helicopter, I can slow that thing down to a crawl if things, visibility is not what I like, and airplanes must keep moving forward. Special VFR, all right? So, First, to understand special VFR, we understand 91155, which is basic VFR weather minimums, which is our 3152. Three statue miles of visibility, 1,000 feet above the clouds, 500 feet below the clouds, 2,000 feet horizontally from the clouds. That's what I need to maintain for my VFR in most types of airspace. We then get into special VFR. And special VFR allows me to operate outside of those parameters, outside of those limitations. The aim says, I'm sorry, the FAR says, except as provided in Appendix D, Section 3 of this part, special VFR operations may be conducted under the weather minimums and requirements of this section, 91155, in, instead of those contained in, there we go, 91155, below 10,000 feet MSL in the airspace contained by the upward extension of the lateral boundaries of the controlled airspace designated to the service of an airport. Special VFR operations may only be conducted, one, with ATC clearance. Two, clear of clouds. Three, except for helicopters, when visibility is at least one statute miles. This is interesting here, did you know this one? Except for helicopters, between sunrise and sunset, or in Alaska, when the sun is six degrees or more below the horizon. Alaskans, I hope you're listening there. The person being granted the ATC clearance meets the applicable requirements for instrument flight under this under the this chapter under part 61. The aircraft is equipped as required in part 91 205 paragraph D. Right? Okay, so we need to go 91 205. What's 91 205 by the way? 91 205 is a required day instruments. 91 205 D is instrument flight rules. So 91205D, the aircraft is equipped as required. So the aircraft must be equipped for IFR flight or minimum required. 91205 is our minimum requirements for that. No person may take off or land other than a helicopter under special VFR unless the ground visibility is at least one statute mile. If ground visibility is not reported unless flight visibility is at least one statute mile for the procedures of this paragraph, the term flight visibility includes visibility from the cockpit um, of an aircraft in takeoff position, just so we have that. Again, it goes on, what if I can't get a weather report, all these sort of things. I'm telling you, special VFR, obviously you need to know about it. 
I'm telling you, in all my flying, I've only had to use it once, and it was because um, smoke, actually. I was on probably like a, a mile, two-mile final. There was a forest fire, and the wind was blowing the smoke, and it had covered the tower and about half the airport, but the chunk that I was landing on was still perfect, gorgeous VFR. The field went IFR, and they said, well, you know, I was in 5-1 to Romeo. 5-1 to Romeo, what do you want to do? said, I can see the runway. Can I do a special, please? And they gave me a special VFR to land. I landed, literally went about the midpoint of the runway was going under the smoke after that. And again, half the field was IFR. Half the field was gorgeous VFR because this smoke cloud that was kind of working its way over the field. So that's the only time um, in fixed wing aircraft. So M0 Nation, I know I rambled uh, a bit there. And I apologize for that. Hopefully some good nuggets of wisdom come out of there. We're going to be doing more and more mock check rides. Our big Zoom public webinar is going to be an open mock check ride at the end of this month. I'm going to unmute a few of you. I'm going to ask you the questions. If you get that answer right, well, we'll send you something. I don't know what the gift's going to be just yet. The Missouri team will be working on that to see what we can send you there. But I just want to thank you. Thank you for making this one of the most listened to all-time podcasts in the iTunes aviation category. You all are just such uh, an outstanding blessing to us. If there is anything, anything at all we can do uh, today, tomorrow, whenever that may be, this year, next year, it doesn't matter. If it's making you a safer, smarter pilot, we are all about that investment. So let us know. Have an amazing rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you.